Welcome, friends. Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast featuring the hopefully open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons as we bravely, boldly, and otherwise stare down the prospect of our entertainment irrelevance. We used to say impending entertainment irrelevance. It ain't impending no more, is it, no. buddy? It's arrived. Right here. No. We're irrelevant. It's inherent, That's, yes. It's irrelevant. There are a lot of relevance in the circus. Uh, from some <laughs> Marx Brothers movie. Timothy Olyphant. Yes, Marx yes. Brothers, what all the kids are talking about. Yeah, right. uh, I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am founder, senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing. The trivia game show spectacular. Uh, talking to you straight from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. And with me, always and forevermore, this guy. I am always and forevermore called Bill Scurry, the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, by the way, Noah, for one week only, as I like to lead in, for one week only, uh, American Caesar Enterprises is a corpulent man sitting in a Moroccan souk wearing a white suit, a fez, pince-nez glasses, sipping mint tea under the brutal midday sun. That is the company? You don't yes. sell nothing? Yes. You're, just, you're just that guy? Yeah, okay. he, he may you sell know, things, you know, I don't know. I used to have a thing about fezes when I went to Disneyland when I was a teenager, Disney World rather, Florida. I got a Aladdin fez. It was like a branded Aladdin blue with a yellow tassel, and I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And my school, yes, I went to one of those schools. Was we had to wear uniforms, and the one Friday that was like free dress day, like wear whatever you want. I I just wore like normal clothes with that fez. I was just walking around the school wearing that fez. Somehow, for that, some reason, that'd be considered a hate crime now. I think I I thought that was very funny. And then when our good friends Aaron and uh, Nicole Grunfeld went to Turkey on their honeymoon, Aaron brought me back an actual fez, which uh, probably have in storage. I wonder so, if you could I get. A, I mean, the thing is, it it is just headwear. I don't know if there's more than any. If it, is it does it go beyond haberdashery? Could you or I pull off a fez? Would that truly be like a you know um, a cultural appropriation? Uh, come on, it's a hat. Yes, but you know you can't. You, you mean if we just walked around day to day saying I'm wearing like I'm wearing a fez because I like the way it looks? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, look, yeah. It, it, that's what it just. I, is I, well, it's not religious, right? It's not like it's a Muslim thing. Well, that's the thing. I, mean, I, I kind of don't. I don't know. think it is. And the, what Shriners wore them? Those guys weren't from Turkey that's right? or Morocco yeah. or whatever. But ha- by the way, what? Ha- where are the Shriners? What happened to them? Where are they? Uh, all of them. You know, it's this is. There's no more Shriners, no more bowling leagues. This shit's gone. People just watch TV now. You know what? Shriners were like really unfairly represented in media when we were growing up. It's kind of amazing. Like I just thought that once you left They were the, everywhere. I thought once you left the New York area, there was like a bunch of guys, little weenies with thick glasses who rode in little cars and with, with fezes. I honestly, you know, I, I, I got him confused with the was Will Shriner, the comedian from the 1970s, 1980s. I'm like, is there a whole organization based on his material? There used to be a lot of those, you know, those groups like the Knights of the Columbus and the, you know, the 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 Elks and all the the Moose and whatever. The lodges, yes, right. Yeah, I mean, again, it, seriously, I'm not joking when I said we watch TV instead. Now, I read a book in the early 2000s called Bowling Alone, and it basically said how like part of the breakdown in civic society is that like 
we don't go out and do stuff as much as we used to. And TV's part of it. It's also, get back to our topic last week, anti-work. Like, people have more free time in the middle of the 20th century, yeah, I, or even at the beginning. It's, a, it's also worth noting that those those were strictly male organizations. For the strictly male. Well, yes, but there were, those organizations were, but they were female equivalents that aren't as powerful anymore. I mean, my mom was in the League of Women Voters when I was young. And then, yes, they were white male, but then... I'm no expert, but I take it there were African-American male groups that were like the rough equivalent. I was reading once about um, Warren Harding, who was the 30th president of the United States. Anyway, something like that. President from 1921 to 1923. And for years, he was considered like the worst president ever. And then people reevaluated him and we got worse people. So I guess he's bottom 10. And Harding was like kind of a dummy, I think is the consensus. And he and he he screwed his uh, his mistress in the in the closet of the Oval Office. But they said Harding was a real follower, and he belonged to all those groups, like ever the 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 Loyal Order, the Who Who, and the Elks, and the Knights. And He's the definitely a Freemason because they all were yeah Freemasons. All, all those fucking groups. Like he just joined any group that would have him. And of course, when he was president, every group wanted him. So like in the last days of his life, he just joined every goddamn group there was. Um, I mean, that's what it was about, you know, like it was, it was social, right? Um, better than just church being social, you know, it's got a kind of secular element to it. Yeah, I guess so. The places we go and we start with fezes. I know. So this show folks is, uh, we look at something that's hot and new. We don't look at the Shriners or the Elks or, uh, we look at pop culture and our topic today is, uh, someone who's, you know, or you love her. We're talking about Adele Laurie Blue Adkins. That's her full name. Imagine having a color as one of your middle names, Bill. Can you imagine that? Yeah, Bill Russett Scurry. Bill Russett Kevin Scurry, yes. Yeah. Uh, Adele Laurie Blue Adkins, better known as Adele. You know her. She's one of the most successful singer-songwriters of the 21st century, perhaps the most successful. Uh, you know, the closest thing we have to a universally known cultural figure in this day and age. Uh, and of course she's back. We're going to mainly focus on her new stuff, but a little background. She was born, um, May 5th, 1988. My father's 44th birthday in the North London neighborhood of Tottenham. I love the geographical names in England. Yeah, I love it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And she sold more than 120 million records. I mean, that's, that's more than you and me combined, Bill. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, um, eventually it is more than you and me combined. It took her a long time, but it got there. Took, took, she got there. Yeah. Uh, so Adele basically debuted, and she she moved around. Single mother moved from London to Brighton and back and forth. And always loved music. She was this makes you feel old. Her her first musical influence was the Spice Girls. Yeah, I mean, but it that... didn't hit till I was out of college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in two thousand eight, she released her first album, which was called Nineteen, named after her age at the time she was writing and recording it uh, big hits were chasing pavements and to make you feel my love a cover of a song written by a young upstart named bob dylan in 2011 her next album was 21 and that was really her breakthrough um and i believe that is still the best-selling album of the 21st century wow. and it had the big adele hits rolling in the deep uh and someone like you which was co-written and produced by dan wilson formerly of the awesome rock band semisonic bill there is a non-insane argument to be made that Semisonic owes much of their success to me. I guess, therefore, Adele owes much of her success to me. So and by the I transitive property, it's true. The transitive property, right. I, I can explain that later. It is only slightly insane. that. Yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, you like guys will get that episode. It's a Patreon bonus. 
Right, exactly, exactly. In 2012, she recorded uh, the Bond theme, Skyfall, for the Bond film that year. I watched that movie in a play once, forgot everything about it. 2015 was her third album, titled 25, going with the age theme. That The big hit from that was Hello, not a cover of Lionel Richie. Uh, and her accolades include 15 Grammy Awards, 9 Brit Awards. She was named Billboard's Artist of the Year in 2011, 2012, and 2016. Uh, her third tour saw her break attendance records globally. Um, and the album 21 uh, has been listed in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time, which is meaningless. Those lists are bullshit. Uh, and now she's back. <laughs> as, as a former peon at Rolling Stone, I was privy to some of those greatest of all time list meetings. Trust me. I, I don't want to denigrate the knowledge or expertise of the guys, mostly guys. This was years ago, so maybe it's different now. Mostly guys who make the decisions on those lists, but I think even they would tell you in private moments it's bullshit. So now she's back. Her fourth album is called 30, and it's about that age. It was released November 19th. It's about reaching the age of 30, even though she's now like 32. Uh, it's about divorce. She married her longtime partner in 2018 and almost divorced him like a year later. They have a young son together. The album's also about motherhood, etc. It is produced and written with the usual gang of Swedish and American douche bros, Max Martin, Greg Kirsten, all those guys. You, you know their names. Hit Factory. The first single... Yeah, Easy on Me was released October 15th. On November 14th, she was the subject of a CBS concert special called Adele, One Night Only, hosted by Oprah. A week later, she did a similar concert on ITV in England. The album's gone number one in 19 countries. Listen to this stat. It's its first week on the charts. It doubled the year's previous biggest sales week, set by a recent topic of ours, Red Taylor's version. And also that week, this, this is the thing that blows me away, 30, the album 30, outsold the other 50 best-selling albums that we combined. So Adele is back. So let's talk about Adele in general, but this album, the new Adele, uh, her new release. The album's also getting great reviews. So uh, I listened to this album all the way through twice, bits and pieces here and there, watched some clips of her hosting Saturday Night Live, etc. What What do you think of Adele specifically? Uh, 30 and it's it, the the new version of Ms. Adkins. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, obviously we're not going to litigate her the entire Adele case because she has been out there for a long time. Um, but you you are seeing a different person. Uh, you know, the, the version that we got to meet was this, you know, quite heavy uh, uh, girl. Yes. She so, lost 100 pounds in the last few years. Or as they call it, uh, 19 stone. 19 stone. 19 stone. Like that. Yeah, is definitely. that right? Stone's no. 14 pounds. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea. Stone is 14 pounds. Oh, okay. I well, know that. That's a big fucking stone, so, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know where she put the stones, if they're the stone of Schoon or whatever we're talking about here. Yes. But um, she looks, I love the stones. I can't believe they're still doing it after all these years. She, Fred and Barney. She looks different. Uh, she sounds the same, which is amazing. Um, mm. And I, look, I... I did, did not care for the songs on this album, but that's fine. Ah. Doesn't make them bad. It's just that they, uh, there's a specific niche. You know, you, we were talking just before uh, we went hot on the mics about, um, you know, who do you think kids go for? You think kids gravitate to Taylor Swift or they go for Adele? And it's like, well, no, Taylor Swift is the is the young phenomenon and has been, even though, you know, they're the same age uh, at this point. Um, I mean, Are they? Been, yeah, they're, they're both 32 years old, right? That's the thing. Thereabouts, thirty-one, thirty-two. I think. I think Adele's like a year older. Okay, know? but still, um, whatever. You know, they, yeah, they have two two very different drafts. Uh, you know, profiles, and that that you know, t- Taylor Swift is still playing this game where she still kind of comes across. I think like there's something youthful and teenager about her. 
And Adele is it from a different place. Adele is occupying the niche of diva. You know, that is a different job to have. Um, you know, there aren't that many divas per generation, and the divas have a long uh, lifespan. You know, their their career goes on for a long time. You know, it's funny, but I was just looking at, uh, like, the weird intersection of Dionne Warwick and pop culture now, where she popped up on Twitter. And she's even been... She did? Really? Yeah, she's even been the subject of a couple of SNL... Um, there's an impression... Uh, one of the uh, uh, cast members of SNL, Ego Nuotum, does an, an impression of a Dionne Warwick, and they do the Dionne Warwick talk show. And it is just a sketch that. where they, you know, they just go through impressions of other celebrities. But it's like, again, you're talking about Dionne Warwick. When when was uh, the Bach Rock songs? 1965, 1964. Yeah. You know, she a, is she is 80. She turns 81 next week. Yeah, and Adele huh. Adele now is in the ranks. There's almost like a, a pantheon, right, of these of these people under a single spotlight, and Adele is one of them, and has been for probably close to a decade now. Um, where they only make a few of these people for every generation. You know, I know Gaga may be one of them. She wants to be in that mm. pantheon of the sort of diva. You know, the largest. She's, she's trying to make herself like sweet generous in certain ways. Yeah. With the acting and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's different. You know, she could be like a share who has this artistic credibility and it just, you know, her, essentially she lives forever. You know, Lady Gaga and Cher will be 100 Until, uh, no, but until, because, you know, Madonna hates Lady Gaga because Madonna's insecure. So. The question is: Is Gaga going to be insecure when the when the 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 new her comes along in fifteen years and she's in her fifties or whatever? Yeah. So the thing is, Dill's songs sound different. You know, like the the uh, operatic power of her voice lends itself to a different type of. I was going to say a different sound of the song, but the irony is, is that the songwriting uh, there's a lot of commonality. In what I see is in Adele magnifying and, and amplifying the small moments, a relationship that lasts six months. And that's a lot of what Taylor Swift would do. She would talk about something that only lasted for a brief period of time, and that was done when you're a younger person, is given this colossal titanic breadth. But 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 that is relatable. I mean, think of every teenager. Like, oh, we were you know, we were together for three weeks, but it was the most passionate affair in human history. And when you I mean, when you listen to Adele, it's not what you feel when you're a kid. When you yeah. listen to Adele sing those songs, it sounds like you're listening to Byron or Keats. And look, look at the power, romantic with a capital R, the power that she invests in these songs. It's like Shirley Bassey singing about a relationship that was like for, for the test of time. You know, and that's why Adele has a different thing. I mean, and her music is, is you know, given her voice, her, her voice pushes that music around to the sales that she that she has. Um you know, and it's like I only, you know, I, I could appreciate Adele, obviously, uh, but there's only a couple of songs that I actually like liked. Um, the whole. The did, you, did you listen to the whole album? Did I, listen, I listened to most of the album, but no, I did listen to the whole <laughs> album. But it's like I don't even remember a single bit of any of the songs that I did listen really? to because they're, you know, they're mostly, you know, they're, they're melodramatic ballads, they're dirges, they're, they're sort of like, you know, there's, there's not a lot to it. Um, or at least there's not formally there's not there's not a lot of variation and you know like I like the uh, the James Bond song I thought it was great when that came out what year was that 11 12 or 12 yeah. yeah that was that was huge and it, I mean that was made for a different purpose that sounded like a Bond theme it was a great fusion of outside influence and her own thing I mean fantastic uh, like uh, did I love Rolling in the Deep yeah sure I mean I heard it a million times but the the what is it uh, uh, someone like you I get it you know that that's that really moved the needle for a long time that was that was a real thing 
So, you know, like this version of Adele now who lives in what, like four adjoining mansions in Beverly Hills and her ex-husband lives across the street and she's made like a little Adele compound there and she's she's <laughs> lost all the weight. She has yeah. uh, changed her life. I'm sure she has a big apparatus around her running Adele Incorporated. Of course she does. We kind of talked about this the way we talked about Taylor Swift running Taylor Swift Industries. Um you know, and it's like Adele now in her early 30s, I think the template for the kind of art she's going to do, I don't know how much experimentation she's necessarily going to be asked to do from this point onward. Um, but the thing is, it's like I could have said that about any of the, you know, until Cher did that avocorded song around 1999, which was a formal departure for Cher. When she, you know, believe, do you believe in life after love or believe whatever it was called? Yeah. Love after life. Life love, after love. Life after love. love. After, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, was, love. You think I'd know considering like I heard it 24 hours a day, seven days a week for six months. We all lived. We were all no alive words. back then. Exactly. We all did. It was literally no place on earth you could not hear that song for a couple of months. You know, like I think you're you're going to have Diana Ross. You're going to have Adele. You're going to have a Dionne Warwick. It's this class uh, this this cadre of divas and she, Adele gives you what you want, but you also want what it is she giving you because honestly, who wow. the fuck else sounds like Adele? There's only yeah. one of her. You know, I yeah. I was gonna say a lot of the comparisons I've read about in terms of um, especially English women who were co-opting what you'd say is sort of a black sound in their voice. You know, like she was tr- she was trained listening to Etta James and Billie Holiday and those things. Yes. And yep. I was thinking of like um, Annie Lennox. Was an actor, yeah, was, yeah, was a Scottish She's, yeah. Woman. I never, I didn't make that comparison. Yeah, that's a, good a powerhouse who made these beautiful songs. Who had a very soulful. Did not at all sound like Glasgow or wherever she's from, Edinburgh. I forget which. Uh, where in Scotland? She's I from. didn't. I didn't realize she was Scottish. She's Is Scots. She? Yeah, okay. she's Scots. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and that's that's why to some degree thirty is bulletproof, you know, uh, uh, and whatever. When she puts out thirty five, that's going to be bulletproof too, and in a way, that's. That is the old world still creeping out, Noah, showing its, showing its head. It's still like a promontory of, of like nickel iron ore that sticks out of the landscape <laughs> to say, you know what? It's possible to have yeah. this old thing that we used to just rely. That was mostly show business was somebody who was mm-hmm. evergreen forever, which is, I'm being redundant here. And Adele is almost like a figurehead of what used to be very mm-hmm. common. And I mean, but she's the right guy for it. She's the right person for the job. Right. And, and I think she's not... She's not frozen in amber. Like, I think this album very much is modern in certain canny ways. And all the things that she's lived through that she's incorporated. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, will be tied he who divorces Adele, goes on a date with Adele, or, you know, like even the effect of her <laughs> child in the course of life. All that stuff is going to be oh, grist God. because she can't help. In and, in you know, she is almost like that confessional diary rock kind of person, except it sounds much different the way she synthesizes those songs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I like this better than you. I thought, I, I thought this was a, a a really very good album. You know, I mean, like so many topics. It is. On this you're, show. you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know? Like so many topics on the show, it's not made for us, and I'm not going to go back to it again and again and again. But I could still appreciate it. And I guess this is somewhere in between the like I don't give a shit, but I'm glad it's there and I love it. It's like somewhere in between. Like I do like it. Uh, I have some issues with it, but but let me talk first about what I like about it. I think she has such a familiar voice. Like, you know her voice. She's a great singer. And, like, you talk about the diva thing, and I remember watching the early season or two of American Idol. I was actually really into it. So this is 
almost 20 years ago now. And they would talk about divas and the modern divas. And they would say like Mariah Carey is one of the new divas and Madonna. And I just don't, and Britney Spears. And I mean, you know how much I hate Britney's music. And like part of my problem with those women is I don't think they're particularly good singers. I think they're show people. I mean, Mariah, I guess, is Mariah Carey head, had but, inc- has incredible, had incredible, uh, her voice was an amazing device. Okay, fine. I will grant you that about Mariah Carey. Maybe that's not fair to, to lump her in with Madonna and Britney Spears, who might as well be a computer. That's true. But Mariah's yeah. voice sounded very cliche to me. It was just the avatar of this very kind of, I, I don't feel the soul coming out of Mariah Carey, right? And that bothered me that they were considered divas, that they were put up there with, you know, Aretha Franklin or Dionne Warwick or whoever you care to name from the earlier generations or to name people I actually liked, you know, Dusty Springfield and Patsy Cline and whatever. Um, Adele is leagues ahead of Mariah in my mind. There's originality, there's soul, there's emotion, there's everything. Uh, There's range. Um, And this album seems different to me from what, you know, I haven't listened a lot to the old Adele stuff, but I know all the hits. And the production here seems, you know, I, I call those guys douche bros, Max Martin, Greg Kirsten, whoever, but I, I, those I, those guys clearly know their shit. Uh, these of are well-written, well-produced songs. I mean, I give them a lot of credit. The production seems bold, brash, interesting. I mean, I almost think this is pretty daring for such a mainstream album. The first song of the album is called Strangers by Nature, and it's very jazzy, I mean, I wonder if you, it almost sounds like a fucking Disney song. It had these like tinkling keyboards and like it's but like Jiminy Cricket. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. She she writes her music and then they arrange it, right? I think she, I think she co-writes it. I think you look at those songs. Half are co-written by her and Kirsten. Half are co-written by her and a couple of these other guys. One guy with like a one-word name who comes from the same area as London. I mean, she, I think she plays guitar and piano. I think she actually. Yeah, no, she yeah. she is not just a voice. She oh no, a no, no, no. She, she's a trained yeah, yeah trained trained musician. Uh, you know, her voice is strong. It's flexible. Um, uh, the other song that really felt jazzy to me is called All Night Parking, which is almost like an interlude, a very short song. And it's very interesting. It's it's built on this piano part played by a guy, a guy named Errol Gardner who died in 1977. So, like, what a modern thing to... T- I mean, I guess you could say Natalie Cole did this 30 years ago with her dad, but uh, I think that's kind of... It's way better than that. Like... They take that piano part from this guy who's long dead and she builds this nifty little song over it. And it sounds terrific. Um, Another thing I really like about her, and and maybe this is off target, but like every time I see someone like her, you know, just a a single woman singing, I compare him to like when we were in college and there was the wave of like the chick singer-songwriters, you know, the the jewels and a lot of more set and all of them. And part of my problem with all those women is that as soon as they got big, they bought their own hype. And like Jewel and a lot of more set are the big examples. Listen to their second albums. They are fucking un- uh, Fiona Apple her second album, but her third album bounced back. They are unlistenable because these women were marketed as, Oh, she's an inspiration. She's a poet. So they just got out there. They wind their diary they didn't think I need a hook here and, and whatever. Adele, every song has a hook. Every song is like, how does this grab people when it's playing in the fucking pharmacy? 
And you know what? Adele is a pop singer, and that's her goddamn motherfucking she, job. She's in a conversation with music. I mean, I should say not right. just music, but the, the history of music, the actual songs that have happened. Pop, yeah. but pop music. Yeah. This is popular. This yeah. is for popular consumption. Every one of these songs has a fucking hook to it, and you find yourself humming it whether you like it or not. But still, with the bold production, uh, there's a way in the song Cry Your Heart Out, which I really like, her, she does her own backing vocals. I think it's her. And like, they're, they're, I'm sure someone who knows more about music would say, it. there's some weird vocal processing technique they use that I find really interesting. The backing vocals in one of the last songs are like that. I forget what that song is called. The song called Can I Get It? That is fucking sexy as hell. Like, all right, now I have someone else to fantasize about. It's Adele. That was my favorite um, of the songs, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so a lot of good stuff here. So here, as is my want, here's what I don't like about it. I think there are moments where she oversteps her bounds, and I think it gets cheesy. There's that song, My Little Love, which is clearly about her son yeah, and motherhood. Yeah. And they literally, I read this, she has been trying to process her divorce with her son and explain it to him. He's like eight or nine or whatever. And they're like recordings of her talking to her son. Mama loves you. And they literally play clips of the recording. Yep, yep. Song. Very, very sappy, very syrupy. I'm sure a lot of people find that really affecting, and I believe her. I mean, I believe she's. These are all honest emotions and honest things. It, it's, and I'm it's, sure she's. I think it's as much as a yeah. multi-zillionaire can be. I'm sure she's an okay mom, or I hope she's an okay mom. But it's pretty cheesy. And there's a song "I Drink Wine" that is about stress. That's cheesy and. And then also, look, one of the cardinal sins of pop music is not having hooks. She avoids that sin. But another sin is not standing up to repeat listens. And for what it's worth, because I'm not the target audience, the second time I listened to this album, I got a lot less out of it. Um, And maybe that has something to do with, look, I listened to the first single, uh, Easy On Me. The second single is Oh My God. I don't think those songs hold a candle to... I mean, I think Adele, I think Rolling in the Deep, Hello, Someone Like You. Those are songs you cannot ignore. They grab you. They never let go. All-timers, all-timers. Exactly. Those are songs that are going to be fucking standards. Everyone knows. I mean, I remember Hello almost immediately. Like, that's a song everyone knows. And I just think Easy on Me just does not have that power. Like, yeah, it's good. Her voice is great. But man, those other songs, she's fucking blasting that voice out, grabbing you digging down deep, pulling you up. And easy on me, it's not bad at all. But it just, it does not have that power. I ain't got too much time to spend. But I'm in time for you to show how much I care. Noah, let's get into popularity. Tell me about the uh, success of 30 and Adele. And uh, what about what does it say about our current moment? Uh... I'm I'm really going to sound like a jerk in this episode. I just want to say I called it that Adele would be big. I used to say in my music journalism days, I used to say I have two ideas for pop acts that will be big. One is I call it the reverse blondie. Instead of a hot woman fronting a band of like kind of nondescript but talented guys, a nondescript but talented guy fronting a band of hot women. I always thought someone should come up with that. Um, but the women could actually play, like a Robert Palmer video, I guess. Yeah, of course. And the, the other idea I had was, as I called it, forgive me, the fat diva. And I'm not talking uh, Aretha Franklin. White fat diva. 
you find me an insanely talented white woman who no two ways about it is overweight and she'll she'll have a hook that I think people appreciate. Young girls, a lot of young girls will be able to relate to. And even though Adele lost that, you know, 14 stone or 15 stone or whatever it was, really could do some quick math in my head, but I'm too lazy. Um, <laughs> even though uh, Adele lost that weight, you know, I think that was part of her early thing. You look at early photos of her and she wasn't nearly, even putting aside the weight, she wasn't nearly as glamorous, but she always had that voice. So I called it on Adele. Anyway. Uh, I mean, no, this is popular. Hey, you know what? It's funny because I was going to say, there's always been... A lot of room made for the uh, the big black diva. I mean, you've had Martha yeah. Wash. Like they're they're having yeah. a large sized black woman and singing has been a uh, a trope. Because, you know, that's because a job. black women didn't have to be as sexualized to the mainstream public as white women. Yeah, and I think people also had this um, this canard that somehow the voice was linked to the size. Like, oh, a, a, a giant black woman is going to sound different. That's the, we want the look and we want the sound, and that's who's going to give it to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, this is good pop music in that it's, it's the topic she talks about divorce, heartache, motherhood. I mean, come on, these are pedestrian topics, but that's sort of a strength of pop music in that it becomes relatable. You know, how many 30 year old women are listening to this and she's talking about my divorce or whatever. She's talking about how I feel about my five year old. Um, so she takes these pedestrian topics and, and makes them feel fresh. You know, part of what I love about so much of like, the punk music I like or, you know, white guy guitar music that I really love is that, yeah, these are kind of the same songs that have been written 8 billion times before, but if you can give it a fresh spin, I'm all over that. Give it a good hook. So she kind of strikes at the epitome of good pop music, taking pedestrian ideas and making them fresh. And part of what she makes fresh, I guess that makes the kind of punk or guitar rock thing comparison not as valid, is that she adds those production flourishes and those vocal techniques that I think kind of give it a spin that, you know, people don't feel like they've heard it a thousand times before. I also think while the topics are pedestrian, it's very honest. You know, I believe her. You know, you could sing, I'm in love and no one's ever loved like this before. And if I believe you, that's valid. If you're one of these people who sings it and they don't buy it, fuck you. Like, I've often said, one of my least favorite songs of all time, I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Because I don't believe for one second that she kissed that girl. She was turned on by her. I think this song should be called Hey, 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 Lesbians Turn You On. Please pay attention. You know, I don't think right? Elton John at all danced with a reptilian uh, by a swamp. There was no crocodile. There was no rock. I don't buy it for a single second. You, you, you know, Gretchen Bredesen, DJ GB, who uh, I worked with for years, uh, I think likes Elton John, but considers that one of the worst songs ever. It's written. pretty bad. It's a pretty bad song. I, I don't. I think there's far worse. Anyway, um, and Adele is... And inevitably, the comparison of Taylor Swift, Adele is friendly to everyone. And when I say everyone, I don't literally mean everyone, but it's only a slight exaggeration. She does something that Elvis Presley did, right? Sells the black sound to white people, right? That's what Sam Phillips said about Elvis. You find me a white boy who could sing with the, you know, the black euphemism, although he you know, the, the more gentle euphemism, the polite term at the time, uh, sing with the, the black sound and I'll make a million dollars. Adele can do that. She can sell to anyone because she has that. There's nothing threatening to her about her to anyone. She's white, but credibly soulful. She, kids can like her. Parents can like her. She's, she's lefty and pro LGBTQ rights, but not obnoxiously. So, um, 
And we are at an age where we are desperately looking for something we can all unite on, we can all gather around, that is relatively uncontroversial. You know, we briefly toyed with our topic this week being this Beatles documentary, right? Which I think, you know, Beatles have been broken up for 50 years. But I think part of the reason that the Beatles are having a brief renaissance now and will every couple of years is because the Beatles united everyone or at least that's what the lore says you know we want these things that everyone can agree on and adele man she figured that shit out or an a and r person figured that shit out and she's playing that game you know i'm sure there are tons of people who hate adele for various reasons but we can fool ourselves in a way we never could with kanye west and someone like that or even with taylor swift as much but adele is the pop culture phenomenon that everyone can agree on. Hey, you know, I think so, that's, yeah, I really can't add anything to that. I mean, you said yeah, all the points you. along the way. Here's one thing I will say. Um, and yeah. this is one that, you know what, one of the things I love about it, we didn't really mention this. Um, when she opens her mouth and starts speaking, her accent is yeah. the kind of accent we don't, we do not hear in the English speaking world elevated to the place that she is. You know, in in a world where like Madonna eventually winds up speaking in a British accent and other people okay. blanch out the way in which they talk, they get rid of any regional regionalism, especially in America. You, you take on this sort of um, middle of the nowhere type. Who, who the hell sounds like this? This isn't what anybody sounds like because it's an accent from nowhere or, you know, Valley Girl accent as people all over the United States mm-hmm. speak. When she starts opening her mouth and you hear pure Tottenham, I love that. It harkens back to when you used to have Cockney in popular culture. You know, like there was a moment, whether it was in the 60s or so, where we wanted our English people to sound like that. There was was the John Cleese kind of patrician, upper class, public school people. And then there were the Cockneys. There were the people who sounded like her from, from, from Tottenham. You know, and like what it's worth, she grew up, you know, Tottenham is one. That's where the Windrush generation resided when they got to England in the late 60s. No, 50s. Sorry, in the late 50s. That was one of the most mixed neighborhoods. It was a dispossessed neighborhood filled with people from Trinidad, uh, the islands along the way. So, you know, there was a lot of like hardcore oppression. But she grew up with, you know, shitloads of black friends, people who came right out of the islands and, you know, there is a mix because she almost has a little bit of that Ali G. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's yeah, what we call a yeah. black accent, but it is a very lived in what Cockney sounds well, like in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, 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 I'll come out and say it. I think she's stunningly attractive. And I think she's got a beautiful face. I think the music, the sound is very appealing. And when I hear her use that accent, it, it makes me like her even more. So it's, it's yeah, a, I didn't, I didn't really think of that, but, but it's, it's, a, it's an ear catching accent. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 bring, it, it really brings her back. It's a contrast to the singing and it brings her down to earth, you know? I'm holding on. Bill, would you have been an Adele? What are the Adele fans called? The Adele, the Adele, Adele, Adele fights, Delphonics, Adelphonics. The Adelphonics. Would you have been an Adelphonic? uh, That's terrible. Uh, If you were a young, a kid now, someone in their twenties, would you be? Would you be lining up for the first day copies of Thirty and watching the Oprah special and all that? You know, it's funny because I'm really ambivalent about it. I have this real. 
I never really cared about singer songwriter stuff. And yet it's obvious that the power of her voice is something else. I said Shirley Bassey before. Uh, you know, Shirley Bassey to me An- is... Another Bond theme. Yeah, so. that's it. Shirley Bassey, I think, did three Bond themes too. Um, and that's a weird inter- intersection. Shirley Bassey having this mid-century sound and she did those John Barry sort of produced, half-produced songs for these movies that were classic at the time. So it, it elevated everything to a bigger sort of story than just the personal thing. And yeah, maybe for the reasons that you say are she is so accessible and that, you know, you said pedestrian. I almost might I almost might use the word mundane and not in the bad way, but literally mundane meaning of the earth. Um, it's things that she's experiencing. She's making sound larger than the way you experience them. And that's why you like the sound she adds to them is because it's something, you know, tempestuous. And it's, you know, it is Byronic. It is like Keats or something like that. Um, So it's like the sound, the hugeness of the sound, Skyfall in particular. You know what I love about Skyfall, by the way? Skyfall has that... They even put that in there. Like most James Bond themes have inserted one phrase from the... More, from the I forget, not wasn't Maurice Barry who wrote the Bond theme. He's just the guy that did most of the songs. Uh, and, and they used it perfectly. It really... Like the fusion of the song for Skyfall and her voice is a natural thing. And you won't get better. Right. Sam, Sam Smith wasn't better... Um, who Billy Eilish did the last one that Billie wasn't Eilish. better. Chris Cornell, whoever did it in the last twenty five years, Jack, Jack White and Alicia Keys. Yeah, together. and then yeah. it's like hers was the best by far. Hers like could have been a Sean Connery theme, and that's what was I so. think it might be the biggest hit, yeah, ever. Or that, or the Duran Duran one, which I love. Actually, I think Sam Smith's writing on the wall was a bigger hit than Skyfall. If really? you can believe it, it sold it sold more units. But okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, I would have liked part of this. But I would have had a tug of war with the inspiration, with the message. You know, if I would listen to the words, I'm like, oh, the words are underwhelming compared to the power of this thing that is really transformative. This thing that really shakes you the way a pop song does. Like you say, the, the, those three songs you said in the first segment are all timers. You know, you can't argue with it. They will be around for as long as we're uh, alive. But I don't And have- beyond that, the cockroaches will be listening to them after... After human civilization is but dust. They'll be saying hello from the other side. They'll be talking to hello, us. Hello from the other side, yes. Yeah. We'll be, if there is another side. That, that, that's the official song of, of Purgatory. Anyway, so how, would, how have you felt about this? Yeah, I mean, me as a young man, there's nothing here for me other than her being hot. But there's nothing here for me. I, I don't, I never liked, you know, I've said this before. My music tastes are very white. My music tastes are very male. Um, I would not be able to relate to divorce and heartbreak and I mean heartbreak a little but not the way she frames it in motherhood so there's really nothing here for me as a teenager um I guess it was funny last night I was hanging out with my nephews and their seniors in high school and they always ask me what topics we're doing and I said well we're doing a new Adele album I said our, our kids at school into Adele our girls at school into Adele they're like yeah yeah sure you know people people like her and I said more or less than Taylor Swift they're like no way less than Taylor Swift which makes sense because Taylor, like I said, Adele appeals to everyone. Taylor is a little more juvenile. She's still playing the kid game. It is. Yeah. Right. Honestly, Which honestly fine. so. So so while I see, I'm sure tons of teenage girls love Adele, Taylor hits that button a little harder. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't see teenage. I, oh, so what I was going to say is I could see myself if there were an argument, who's better, Adele or Taylor, me saying, well, Adele is better. 
probably mostly because I think she's more attractive and that was what was on my mind when I was a teenager. But also just, I would have said she's more real than Taylor Swift, which I honestly believe. I think she's a way better vocalist. Indisputable, yeah. If you recall, and we talked about Taylor a few weeks ago, I said, for all I admire her talent and her hard work, I find her music to be very dull. And as much as I'm not going to go back to it again and again, I do not find Adele's music to be dull. I mean, in comparison to her earlier hits, fine. But I don't. I wouldn't describe this as dull music. I'd describe Taylor Swift as dull music. So yeah, I, I think I'd take Adele's side if there had to be a versus kind of thing. But otherwise, who cares? I don't really say hello anymore, just well, because it's always a bit of a joke. Yeah. So that's what I'm. Well, I've taken over from girl. you. Now. There you go. You can have it. Have it. No, it's sign of the apocalypse. Adele, uh, Rogers, Nelson, thumbs up, thumbs down. What, what do we got here? <laughs> Adele McKinley Morganfield. Um, no, not at all. Never. I, I'm not never, but no, I, I don't see how. I mean, if only every huge pop star or huge entertainer were as talented as Adele, and I, she doesn't seem like a bad person. You know, no one's she claiming seems, that Adele. She seems gracious. I mean, honestly, uh, you know? she seems all right. I, I mean. I'll get into it with the jealous thing, but you know, you dig a little deeply. She's she's got a bit of a troubled past, right? But there's no evidence she took it out on other people, like other than maybe her husband. So I don't see how this is apocalypse. I mean, and again, like there's so few things we as a society, we as a world can agree on. And if Adele is, you know, getting sixty percent of the world to agree Adele's all right, like then we need more of that, not less. Um, it's funny. I was wondering where to park this because what it was. It was just a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh, there was pictures of Adele after having dropped all the weight, and you know nobody watched her. She was gone. She she went away big. And the next picture you saw is that she was slim. You know she it was dramatic how much weight she she looked like quite literally a different person. And one of the first pictures you saw was her at a backyard something. I think it was in Britain. And she was wearing um, a Jamaican string bikini and Bantu knots. Do you remember this picture, Noah? Did you ever see this? And what? Bantu knots in her hair. Her hair was done up. Oh, right. With okay. a, they're, they're black girl knots. They're, it's, an African, it's an African tribal oh. style, but it's been, you know, it's been picked up by people in the West. Uh, but it's really a thing that uh, uh, black people wear. And, you know. Oh, is, I see it. I Googled that. Yeah. She does not look good like that. Uh, this was one of those things. I don't know if it was the, for like... The, wait, the, this is the photo with the bikini with the Jamaican flag on it? Yes, yeah. She looks terrible. Well, regardless of how she looks... The, the, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't but, know those are called Bantu knots, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, the, this is not a sign of the apocalypse, but it was like, there was this thing, it's like for five minutes, um, Adele was doing this thing, and you know, the, the chattering classes chattered away. They were wondering, it's like, how could Adele try... How could Adele think she could get away with this? And, you know, look, I, I'm not here to say either way. I think Adele felt like, well, look, I grew up alongside a lot of West Indian people. And so for whatever holiday this was, West Indian Day, um, someone dressed her up in Bantu knots in a Jamaican, a Jamaican bikini. And it's like, if that's, is that maybe the worst thing you could say about her is that there was this thing that wrangles, ruffled some feathers for half a minute, but that, that's about it. No, no. What do you do? No, just dancing. No, I'm just dancing. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, don't cry. Thank you. Oh, you're really. Thank you for remembering me. Thank oh, you. no, 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 you really, you really did change my life. Mum, mum, can you believe it? 
Bill, are you jealous all of Adele, of the 30 album, of the the Adele phenomenon, of the Adele fights, the the, the Adeftones, the uh, Adelphonics, whatever you want to call them? Are you jealous of the... She doesn't even look like herself in this one. Are you jealous of the Adele phenomenon? Uh, I, it, it's... I am. I am. And, and I would, would think that in some ways I've been, I felt myself recently being more jealous of the gigantic world beaters uh, that we talked about. Like I mentioned again, two weeks ago, talking about Taylor Swift, uh, being jealous of Taylor Swift's ability to to manage the, as the CEO of Swiftco, um, you know, and, and also being the musician and being the image, the image maker and the person and, and you know, all those things. She still was very uh, she's still very accessible and all those things. Um yeah, and and meanwhile, somebody like Mr. Beast, who just shows up and rip offs rips off other people's ideas, gets a hundred million views, and you know gives a lot of money away. I wasn't jealous of the fact that he had a real low bar to entry of getting into his thing, which I suppose I, it's a little inverted. I should look with more awe at somebody like Adele, and say, well, you know, I'm not anywhere near there. I'm not even in the same fucking ballpark. There's not even any kind of commensurate thing in our, my life. I could say would even be anywhere near Adele. But just having. You know, th- this woman was born with the with the with this throat. You know, she somehow the contours of her throat was ready to make these sounds, and she was born with that bass material. And then she machined it, she trained it, she studied. Yeah, that's not easy. No matter no. what you're born with, no, it's not a slam dunk. I mean, it's like you know, there are some people who are the best at what they do. Unlike Wolverine, uh, I, I'm not <laughs> jealous of somebody who's like an incredible sprinter. You know, I'm not jealous of Michael Phelps. Simply for the amount of muscle and how fast he could swim, I, I don't. I don't have any real concept. It's abstract of looking at Michael Phelps and thinking, uh, how do I even relate to that human body? But it's like maybe Adele being an artist and she is so singular. It is like there is some jealousy of it. Like Jesus, I wish I was born with something. Hey, you know what? I personally find it hurtful as a as a person who's untalented and untrained that she's so successful, <laughs> Noah. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's sort of what we're we say about every topic on the show, you know, that it's, it's more successful than we are sort of. Um, yeah. The only element I'm really jealous of her is, um, you know, we haven't really hit at it, but if you, you don't really have to read between the lines, but she's had some, she's, she's made some stupid mistakes in her life. Like um, there's some story, her first tour or something, she quit in the middle to go be with her boyfriend. I didn't hear that. Like, wow. Oh yeah. Like, she was 20 years old or whatever, and literally in the middle of the tour, she said, fuck it, I'm going home to quit to be with my boyfriend. I mean, that sounds like textbook mistake a rising pop star makes that ruins yeah, kid, their career. Yeah, kid shit. Right? Yeah, it sounds like kid shit. You're yeah, right. exactly. Um, she had a drinking problem, right? Huh. Okay. She, she married this guy she's divorced from. It's 15 all, years old. Are older. they married? Are they not married? They married? They not married? They finally got married in 2018. They got divorced in 2019. So maybe I'm reading into it, but it sounds like she's made a lot of dumb mistakes or has had a very chaotic life, and she's been forgiven again and again and again and again and again. It hasn't tanked her career. And I, you know, I believe in forgiveness, and she's a talented person. And I'm going to believe she's a decent person. So fine, yes, forgive her, please. But um, I don't know. I get jealous because rightly or wrongly, I have this sense of like, I make one mistake and, and my entire life and career is forfeit. But other people get, you know, all the slack in the world. It's not true, but it's where my emotions yeah, no, no, are. See, that's, that's why you make an important distinction between our, our two jealousies combining to form a jealousy Voltron. A jealousy, a Voltron of jealousy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, our, my individual jealousy lion 
forms the the jealousy, the jealousy. Uh, kaiju I'll form, I'll form robot. <laughs> is it does Voltron count as a kaiju? The robot no, no, kaiju? the monsters he fought would be close to the kaiju. But no, he's so, he's, a, so, he's a mecha, is what you would call that a mecha. Mecha, thank you, mecha. Yeah. So, Remember Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla? Remember that movie? Godzilla versus uh, Adele. Is that what? It, that Godzilla versus Adele is a good one. Versus Taylor Swift. Who's gonna get the kid? That's true. Um, yeah. Godzilla anyway. versus Taylor Swift. I so, watch that. Speaking of uh, Godzilla and uh, the lizard yeah. motif, Noah scales, lizard scales, scales. What about felonian scales? Where would you put uh, Adele? Did you see that video this week of Fred Armisen on Jimmy Fallon, where he was? he was playing guitar and he was like the history of rock music. Like this is what the velvet underground sounded like. This is what the Ramones sounded like. And it was great. Fred Armisen's a talented guy and Fallon's laughing along, but like you could tell he like doesn't know anything about these bands. Like he doesn't know who the velvet underground were. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't true. know yeah. what the Ramones sounded like. He's such a fucking clown. Uh, so I, I say, oh, come on, we're comparing her to Taylor Swift. I went real simple here. I said, this is 120% of Taylor Swift. Because I mostly have good things to say about Taylor Swift. She's talented. She seems like a decent person. She plays the game right. She's non-toxic, all that. But I just think she's, I think Adele is so much more talented and more interesting than Taylor Swift, even just looking at the music. So I got to say 120% of Taylor. That's your typical Tarnovian uh, slide rule. I appreciate that. That's By it, way, baby. I took will, out the slide rule. I took out the protractor. I we, figured we it out. We will be selling the Tarnovian slide rule in uh, our yes. benefits package next year in 2022. Yeah, oh, it's look out it's for the in the go to com slash store where you can buy all our new merch. Use uh, use product code NOAH! Exclamation point. Yes, and you get 15% off your first shipment of blue chew. Maybe it should be product code ENVY. I don't even know what it should be in this case. Bloat, Product code fallope, fallopian. Yeah, fallope. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I, I'm gonna, I wanted to go cross media because I would think it'd be, it's obvious, it's sensical, and it's understandable and comprehensible if you do what you did. That's why I'm not going to do it. So I was okay, trying to, thank you. I was trying to match her up to something that was another piece of art, um, and I, the, the criteria, it's like it's skill and talent, but I don't really like the music much more than the the highlights, the notes that are designed to appeal to everybody. Uh, but I can't hold that against her. I wouldn't dare hold that against her. That's my problem, not hers. It's my fault for not liking something that's great and not finding the sort of toehold inside of it. So if I split the difference between my if I split the difference between my indifference and 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 Adele's obvious worth, I think I would rank this album 30 something like Noah Mitchell and the Machines, which is lovingly crafted. You I know, liked Mitchell and the Machines. Beautiful, yes, but it's like outside of my, beyond my taste range, something that kind of just flew, fell right by, but I cannot deny the obvious beauty. I don't know. I got to see, I'm surprised by that, Bill, because I feel like the Mitchell, and I don't remember what you said about it, but I feel like the Mitchells versus the Machines versus Godzilla versus Taylor Swift. Uh, Megalon. Right, would be more like in your wheelhouse. I it mean, should it's be. A, it should be. It's and a, you know, it's an adventure kind of sci-fi comedy movie. Like, yeah. why not yeah, you right. liking it? You got like 10 genres in there. And for some reason, I just like walked away from it thinking, this is great, but it's just not for me. Like, I don't, I don't find anything here. So it's because you are you are a homophobe. That's it. Because the main character is queer and you're a homophobe. That's I am two words that Done. sound two words that sound exactly the same, uh, precisely, but spelled differently. Yes, you hate you hate you. No, you're a, you're anti homophone. Um, okay, that's it. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. So uh, that's it. Adele, 
in the books until the next Adele until 35, right? We'll cover yeah. 35. Well, I in five years. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a bold prediction here that we retroactively yes. we made her retroactively. Noah, this this podcast was what she was waiting for back in 2008. Okay, so here's what happened. I liked Semisonic. I went to college in Minnesota. They're from Minneapolis. They played my school. I dug them. They had a little bit of success, right? They were around. They were on a major label. And then their 1998 album, like I mentioned before, I was a cog at Rolling Stone. I really wanted to review records. In the two years I was there, they let me review three records, two that you've never heard. And one was, I said, this new Semisonic album, the label's going to get behind it. This band's good. They let me write this little tiny scrap review without that got published without the picture of the cover, album cover. And that album had closing time on it. And that album was huge, right? Yeah. So I... Haha, ha. would have been a hit anyway. You know I'm exaggerating, I'm lying here. So I like to say that Semisonic was big because of me. Yeah. And then you could say because Closing Time was such a big hit, Dan Wilson got the job working with Adele. So And because someone like me was a hit, Adele is now you know, a god. I, uh, so there you go. It all goes back I, to me. You know, it, it, I, I'm, it's all, it holds water. I can't, uh, I can't yeah, argue with any of that. It's air It's airtight. It's airtight. Yes. It makes sense in its own logic. All right, everybody. If you want to find past episodes of this show, look on Spotify. The ver- the streaming devil, which does not pay its artists like Adele fair worth. And it should be noted, by the way, that Adele did something to Spotify no one's ever done before. She tweeted, do not shuffle out of my songs. And they said to her, anything for you. So if you listen to Adele on Spotify, really? you will go right through the album linearly because they disabled the, the, the shuffle button to pull you out of the album. That's, uh, that's a Bigfoot move right there. So look also on Apple Podcasts. Now back to this show where you can find us. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Katit at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. That's how people find us. Uh, if you want to hear more stupid things that I say where I don't make any sense at all, like a goddamn <laughs> fool, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> at William Scurry, and my video content is on uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. Also, one last plug. I recently have been back on Film 89, our friends from Wales. We did a big omnibus podcast on Fellowship of the Ring on the occasion of its 20th anniversary. So we had a nice big barn. It's almost like, I think, two and a half, 240. Uh, Everything you want to know about it, we're going to do one of these annually for the next two movies, too. So this was a sort of um, your one-stop shop for all your J.R.R. Tolkien adaptation pleasure. Now, Noah will tell you about himself. Uh, I'm all about the big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com. We make trivia fun for everyone. Still uh, time to book your holiday party. Still some dates available in December. This is busy season for me, Bill. You're lucky I took the time out to do this. That's true. Yeah. Uh, And we have some public events. He high-hatted me, Michael. He high-hatted me. He high-hatted, yeah. Uh, We have an event. We're teaming up again. uh, The Other Worlds Film Festival, one of America's premier sci-fi fantasy horror film festivals based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, We're doing a virtual sci-fi quiz this Thursday, December 9th. Uh, You can find details at bigquizthing.com. I'm hosting that. And then uh, we're returning to, well, we've been doing some in-person public events. And January 12th, we're doing a music quiz here in San Francisco at Manny's in the Mission. Um, not officially announced yet, but keep keep an eye on BigQuizThing.com. Again, hosted by me. Uh, but we're doing virtual and a little in person nationwide. So BigQuizThing.com, hire us today for your own custom trivia experience. Okay, everybody. Until the next dazzling episode filled with brassy pop divas. We, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.